Good to be back in LA, Gil. I know you don't miss Cleveland at all. <laughs> don't. Because I damn sure don't. It was like 13 degrees. We're back in the valley. It's about 85 out here today. 85. I'm trying not to sweat. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful moment. But uh, before we hit, we got a ton of basketball stuff to talk about. We got to hit you on some family stuff first. Daughter just won a championship with Sierra Canyon, state champion. Yes, yes. You, you put on IG. Now, if, if you win the chip, you get a whip. <laughs> got her a Porsche. Is that what she wanted? Did you pick that out? How did that no, end up working no, out? That's what she wanted. I mean, we went through so many different cars. Her friends got a GLE. One has a Mercedes. You okay. Know? You know, so, you know, with that group from Sierra Canyon, you know, they all want to drive luxury cars. So she narrowed it down to the Porsche. So she's standing on her friends. Where where is her car ranking amongst her her crew? I don't know because the things I thought was amazing, they're like, yeah, that's that's an old person's car. Like, you know, so you know, when it comes to teenagers, they value names different. Okay. Um, you know, because I was gonna give her Bentley, you know, two thousand four five used, you know, just for the name. So like, that's a mom's car. Like, Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. All right, yeah. It's funny because I told my dad I wanted a Porsche in high school. He said, shit, you better take this Honda Accord <laughs> and be happy. And I appreciate it now, looking back on it, because these gas prices, $7 a gallon. $7. You got to go with the 91 on the Porsche. I was, I was straight 89 on the Honda. So, you know, you can put anything in that money and get it to go. <laughs> now you got to go with the straight 91 on the Porsche. But we obviously got NCAAs, got March Madness going on. We're going to do some NBA madness. First and foremost, got to talk Kyrie. Uh, Tuesday night against the Magic, dropped 41 in the first half. I'm watching the game. I'm like, all right, you know, now I need to go ahead and let this dude just cook. Mm -hmm. He don't got to play the next three games after. He's going to have a week off. Let him go after the game. KD tweeted that, you know, 11 put on a master class and people need to review that film. Mm -hmm. If you were coaching the Nets, Coach Gill, and you got Kyrie dropped 41 in the first half, you know he's going to have a week off because you got three home games coming up. Are you letting him cook and how how – much are you gonna let him play and how, how high do you want him to get? Me me as a scorer, me as a competitor, I'm letting him rock, right? Like, I, I want you to break whatever record that you can possibly break. You're already this close. You're, you're already this close. So like, you know, you 60, you know, there's eight minutes to go. All right, I'm gonna play you three more minutes. Let me see where you get. You at 70? There's five minutes left? All right, let's keep on going. You, you know what you mean? You got, you know, there's 78 points with a minute left? Do you? Like, I, like who, 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 who am I to stop you from creating history? I don't care if they're mad on the other side because you're running up the score. Y'all have, you're, this is the NBA. Those players are NBA players. Yeah. Tell them to play defense. At this point, he already got 60. Yeah. This is not my problem if I'm keeping him in. You know what I mean? So as a player, I want to see my players create history, break history, set history. So he already got to that point. I'm going to let him rock out. For sure. You know what I mean? It's like what um, Earl, Watson, um, yeah, Earl Watson did with um, Booker. That's funny. I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> and even though they had lost that game, you had the Celtics kind of getting mad at, mad at Earl. Earl was like, well, shit, see me in the tunnel if you, you really right, feel yeah, something about you, it. You're getting mad at me because y'all can't, like, the, think about what the concept. You're getting mad that I'm leaving him in because you can't stop him. Yeah. You, you're an NBA, like, you're an NBA team. You have NBA players. You have defenders who are trying to make it and get to the next level. Play some defense. <laughs> Play some defense, right? If if you stop him ten times in a row, he might look over and say, "All right, I'm done." Exactly. You know, 
That's that's your job. Your job is to stop him from doing it. My job is not to stop him by taking him out. And obviously, that was a different point in, in Book's career versus where Kyrie's at now. And Earl knowing that, hey, we might not be a good squad now, but down the road, this hey is going to pay Ky- Kyrie, Kyrie ain't playing for another week. Exactly. Right? Everybody's been talking trash. Do you, my man. So, want to hit you. You dropped 60, obviously. How tired are you after that? I think as a casual fan, we watch on the couch, and we just think, you know, these baskets magically go in. But it's, it's hard scoring. Like, it's, that shit is tiring. No. No tire? You, you got to remember, like, and this is what I always tell tell kids <laughs> or just parents about conditioning. To be a great scorer, to average 30 in the NBA, you have to be in shape. Yeah. You have to be in shape, like, to be able to sustain that energy. Game in, game out. Game in, game out. Because you got to remember, you're traveling. <laughs> you're practicing, you're playing, you're playing against high-level guards. So what Steph Curry and LeBron them are doing, you really have to understand the KDs, the, the, the Tatums, the John Morant. They're so in shape compared to everyone else. The shape is the most important because if you're not in shape, your body's going to break down. You're not going to be able to... Five minutes of this game, you'd be going to sit in there waving your hand because you're tired. Like, I see high school kids do that. I see, you know, AAU kids that are, ah, come get me. Like, yeah, scoring is now, hard now, work. Now, think about that. There's four minutes left in a quarter and you're tired. Imagine if you get to play that, that those four minutes. You done added probably six to eight points. Yeah. You're losing out on six to eight points just because you're, you're not in shape. Not real talk. I think, you know, even getting that bucket and having to make sure you do the sweet run back with the camera on you, mm-hmm. just in case, because you know the camera's going to cut to you, so you always just got to look good. That's a little exhausting as well. That's gonna, <laughs> especially doing that, you know, 20, 30 times in the game now when you're dropping a 50, 60 piece. Like, a lot of things that people don't consider as they're watching this game, mm-hmm. but that, that stuff is exhausting. But back to Kyrie, Nets have 13 games left, nine at home, four on the road. One of those games is against the Knicks in New York. So Kyrie's only going to be able to play three more games this series if, if he's fully healthy. Do you, do you think that's going to help him in the postseason getting that rest, or is that going to be even more problematic now as you get into a playoff series where, you know, the Nets, the way they're slated right now, they're eighth. I'm sure they'll go up a little bit. They'll still be a road team for the bulk of the postseason. Is that going to benefit? Is that going to hurt? I mean, okay, all of it is stupid at this point. Um, it's, it, it's all a ruling. It's just dumb. I mean, I, I'm just gonna say it's just it's just dumb. And, you know, he shows up, no mask, unvaccinated, front row, and that's fine. No outrage, no nothing. Then what the fuck is the difference between him actually being on the court in uniform versus him on the court in street clothes? There's, and then you find him for going in locker for what? It's his locker. What, is, what did he do different? Then he did when he was on the court. Does the air change in the <laughs> locker room? Does the air change between the lines? Like, what are we like? What are we actually thinking about when we're putting these rules in? Like, make it make sense. He can shake all his teammates' hands. He can work out with all these teammates. He can hang. He can go in and he can kiss and hug everybody. But then you find him for the locker room. What the fuck is so special about the locker room at this point now? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like in the locker room, you got a lot more to worry about than... The locker room is more secure than the 
floor. But it's, it's, it's 20, it's 30, 30,000 people breathing that same yeah. air, and that's fine. You go in a locker room where there's only about 20 people allowed. Oh my God, it's such a danger. Like, stop. Just yeah. stop. I'm gonna be real. I, I didn't agree with with, with Kyrie and, and not vaccinating and doing all that stuff, but I will say at this point, enough's enough. <laughs> Shit's opened up. The man can't be showing up looking like Frank Lucas in the nice, you know, nice jacket and shit, saying, of course, I'm breathing on these dudes, and he can't go get a bucket. That, that's just, that, what are we doing? That's what I said. It just it makes it makes no logistic sense to me. Um, but you know, as a team, you know, trying to get, you know, the rhythm. Um trying to get everybody sharp and ready for the playoffs to make that big playoff push. You know, it kind of hurts because you are missing games. Um, but as you can see, he's well-tuned. He's, well, he's a well-tuned machine. You know, right now, you know, with Ben Simmons out and it's just KD and he can't play those nine, those, those nine games, right? Yeah, ten, ten. Ten games. You know, you got to be worried a little bit. Most of Because, you know, out of those 10 games, just to keep an eighth, you probably got to win about 13. You got to probably win about eight to nine. Yeah, for sure. Do you see New York lifting that mandate in time for the playoffs? Is the mayor a Knicks fan or a, a Nets fan? <laughs> I, you know, there, it was crazy. There's been reports that he's a Knicks fan, but with everything going on in the Internet nowadays, I don't believe shit that I see unless I talk to that man directly or I see him at a Knicks game next to Spike with the cap on. I mean, is he a, is At this point, he's older, probably he's from New York. He's a Nets fan, so I'm pretty sure he's not going to lift that until. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's not going to lift that until he has to. Now, we've talked at length about Ben Simmons. You know, he was on Chilligan's Island till the trade. Hasn't yet played with the Nets. Just uh, reported that he got an epidural in his back when dealing with some back issues uh, while they were in Orlando Tuesday night. You know, what's going on with Ben? And do you think at this point Ben can actually help this squad come play? Oh, no, he's going to help him when he, when he gets out there. Okay. I mean, you know, Ben has everything surrounding him on that Nets team to be successful, um, to be to play the game that he plays, you know, not forced to do it. And you don't you don't have to force Ben to take twenty shots, shoot threes. No, like he gets to actually be what he is, and nobody nobody's gonna boo him for not shooting. You already have Kevin Durant and <laughs> in, in Kyrie. You don't need another person trying to take up thirty shots. You know what I mean? So now a guy who can get the ball around, rebound, play great defense. That's what he becomes. Um, when it comes to his back situation, it's at that point, it's taking time. You know, back, you know, you lose back, you lose power, you lose everything. Um, so, you know, if that is a serious issue, then you really want to take, you know, because this is, you're talking about future, you know. Um, and if he can't play this year, you know, hey, next year, everyone's going to be healthy and then we can make a big run for next year. If he's ready for playoffs and he can be 100 in the playoffs, let's go. How hard is it, though, not playing the game all season, not you know being with the Sixers for that first half now trying to come in on the back end and get that work in? How hard is it now to be able to go? Because it's playoff basketball now. It's not regular season, mid-season, Man, late season. This is, this is the show now. This is what, where all the money's made. And he hasn't played a game yet. You got to remember, this is not... This is not college, this is not high school, this is not semi-pro or what. This, these are professional NBA players, right? Where they have 
all day to themselves to prepare, get in shape, be ready. I mean, we see what happened when Kyrie finally came back. What he looked like. We've seen what Lance Stevenson, who ain't been in the league two years, his first game, 20 in the, 20 in the first, yeah. you know, 20 in five minutes. Like, that's what NBA players, that's what professionals are at that level, where they can, you can just insert them in and they're instant, they're instantly good. Um, so it, it, it all depends on, you know, is he in shape? You know, that's the most important. Is he in shape? Has he been playing up and down? Um, you know, is the back really limiting him from, you know, actually performing in practice? You know, because you can practice, you gotta remember, you're practicing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie. You're getting everything you need in practice. You're gonna be battle tested yeah. <laughs> against two of the best offensive players in the game at their position. So playing in the games, it's mediocre at this point. So let's move on to Ben's former team, the 76ers. Now, when that trade went down, the initial response was Daryl Morey got fleeced. Then Harden and MB were out there putting in work. Mm-hmm. You know, Harden, Harden averaging 30 pieces, just dominating, doing his thing. But then the Nets came to town. Boo Ben Simmons day. Everybody was clowning. Kyrie took uh, the challenge, locked up Harden. Mm-hmm. Should the Sixers be concerned, and should they still be trusting the process at this point? I mean, he got fleeced, right? That's what the- they said. That's what it is. You, you did. You, lo- you lost too much. You lost too much. Um, but, I mean, I, I get it. You know, at that point, you, you wanted a superstar. And, you know, now you have to look and see that you still have ways to go. At this point, you have two players. You have a third and and was it Maxi, Which he's playing to a number that you probably can't afford at this point. You know what I mean? He's gonna be worth. He's gonna be worth some money, and he's not a max player, but he's gonna be looking for big money. Yeah. So you're gonna either pay, overpay for him, or you're gonna lose him, right? Um, you got Tobias, where I'm pretty sure they're gonna try to trade him. Um, now with his number, that's damn near almost close to a max player. You got a long ways to go to put a championship caliber team together. Or not, you're just gonna have two superstars that play that play good together. Everybody else is getting hurt. Um, you know, if if I'm James Harden, I will be mad as shit <laughs> if Nets get to the championship. If Nets get to the championship and I'm Harden, I'm I'm livid. Like you messed my summer up. Who are you mad at? You mad Myself. At I'm, I'm saying you looking in the mirror. You have because a- because you got to look at the view of what a player like him is thinking. You know, he has all the scoring titles. He has all of that. He came there to win a championship. One player is not playing. He's playing half of the games. One player is getting hurt. You're by yourself now. Yourself is looking at your surroundings now. One player is not playing. KD's hurt. It's me and then this. This ain't no championship team. These are some bums at this point. <laughs> Why am I here? Yeah. I'm not going to win no champion. I'm wasting my talent around this group because who helps him is not there. I want out. You know what I mean? And that's the thought process. Like, you know, you put me with Embiid and you put me with them, I have a better chance over there than I do here because he's not looking at the two pieces 
that that he's there for. So that's what I would be saying. If I'm him and I look back, yeah, it, for hindsight, I got Embiid, I got Tobias, I got this, we look better. But now KD's healthy, the shit is getting lifted, now Kyrie's coming back. And it's like, oh, man, did I, bl- did I blow my chance of actually winning the championship? So if you're Joel Embiid playing at an MVP level, what are you feeling right now? Are you frustrated? Are you still optimistic? Do you think this thing with Harden can work? Listen, Embiid is going to be more delusional than anything because because of the Ben Simmons thing, he needs this to work. He needs to prove to the city that this was the right trade, right? This was the right move that we did. You know, so he needs it to work. So he's going to always, no matter no matter what happens in his mind, it's always this was the best thing we did. We got rid of a guy who didn't want to be here. So you're never really going to get his true intentions of, you know, of really how he feels. Because at the end of the day, Ben Simmons wasn't here, you know. Um, and to him, he should be grateful. The only reason you're an MVP candidate is because one whole superstar wasn't there. And you got to do what you got to do. Carry the team by yourself. You got to look at it from that standpoint, too. You can't look at it like, oh, yeah, ha, 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 get out of here. You're an MVP candidate because he was out of here. He was an MVP candidate because he wasn't playing. You got to be the man. Yeah. So anything less than a championship? No, no, no they're not winning no goddamn championship, bro. They not, I don't even have them getting out of the first round unless they played the Bulls or not even the Bulls. If they play Toronto or, or Cleveland, they're not getting out the first round. If they, the only way they get out of the first round is if they play Cleveland or Toronto. Everybody else is too disciplined okay. when it comes to playoffs. You think they beaten Boston in seven games? You see what Boston's been doing to their ass. <laughs> you, you, see, you think they beat in um, Chicago in the playoffs? You think they beat in Miami in the playoffs? You think they beat in Bucks in the playoffs? You think they beat in. Nets in the playoffs first round. I'm, I'm happy to hear you finally getting on this. No, I'm just too. saying you got to remember we're talking about we're talking about dis, like playoffs is discipline. It's half court. That means less possessions. Like you have to be perfect basically in the playoffs. That team ain't disciplined enough. So the only team you can beat with just being Embiid and just being James Harden, you can beat the Cavs. And you can be Toronto, just me and y'all. But from there, y'all got to sacrifice. And I don't see them sacrificing just for the playoffs to beat the other teams. Nah. First round, unless they play those teams. Then the second round, then they get the out of there. So Daryl Morey followed me on Twitter, so I've been keeping my Sixers slander to a minimum. But damn, we're going to see. I hope they're not watching this show. And if it nah, does happen, I, it's an I told what, you it's, so. It's truth. Like, I, I, I think I don't, get, I don't get much hate because I'm not – Totally biased. For sure. No, you always keep it real. I'm not totally biased. I keep it real. And the realness actually helps them adjust. It helps you. It helps to adjust because you're watching, you're getting it, you're getting the information from some guy who don't have no connections to you. So I'm saying, hey, this is your flaws. And if you're one of those people like, ah, nobody care what he say. He brought a gun to the locker room. (laughs) (laughs) And then you go out there and get your ass whooped. Like, who's falling? Who's the dummy now? (laughs) Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. So, in my limited time working with you on the show, you've said a lot of shit, and it's, it's come true. I mean, you said Ben Simmons from the jump should say back. And now he's saying back, but he could have had a bag saying back, and it really would have been back at this point, and uh -huh. he would have been all good to go. Like, even if it wasn't really back, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. This is the NBA. No, everybody's full of shit. It's yeah, really yeah. But let's, let's move on to these Minnesota Timberwolves. Carl Anthony Towns became the first center since Shaq to drop 60 in the game. Does Cat belong in the best big combo in the league right now? The best? Is he, he's not a, is he a center? He's a power forward. Like, come on. He, he, yeah, that's what, it's hard for me to, you know, I feel like the center position is coming back a little bit, but it's hard to put Cat kind of in that space just because yeah, everything he does. But that's just what he's, I didn't, I didn't put him as a center. I put him as a power forward. But it, it doesn't matter. Power forward center. 60-15 is 60-15. Bigs to me, though. So <laughs> yeah. does he belong in that best big combo? With guys like MB, Joker, Giannis, you know, we got, we got a nice crew nowadays. This cat belong there. I'm, I'm saying yes. But the public will say no because he, he's in Timberwolves, <laughs> right? You know, it's just some reason no one respects his name. Or his game. It's just weird. It's just weird because he is a dominant big. Like, he, he, he is a dominant big. He's skilled. He, I just don't know. When you say his name, I just be like, oh. Is that lingering from the whole Jimmy Butler situation from, from years ago? Is that still kind now, of who, who is his beef with? His beef with, was it a Joel Embiid? I mean, I feel like he's been, he's had some, some when different. When Joel Embiid was calling him soft, was that that matchup? I thought Jimmy was, but maybe I'm tripping. No, that, that was his teammate. No, who was his opponent that kept saying he's... Was it? Yeah, it might have been. It might have been Embiid. Yeah, you know. It's just that, that it just for some reason, it just, you know, he doesn't have that strong present name that when you talk about bigs, you, you actually put him in. If someone says, all right, name the top five bigs in the NBA right now, he will be the name everybody just be like, they just, it just, they just go over. No is, one really thinks about it. Is that a Minnesota thing? Because that squad, I mean, that squad is pretty scary. I'll just say that. I, everybody kind of felt like the Lakers were going to be one of those lower-seeded lower teams that could, could make some noise and upset some. But it feels like Anthony Edwards, that squad they got out there in Minnesota could, could do some stuff. See, that's the, that, there it is. He doesn't have the personality that matches his game. He's quiet. Right? He's the quiet assassin. Yeah. You know, it's not like, like when you think about Timberwolves, you think about Anthony Edwards because he has that confidence, that swagger. I'm the best player in the NBA. You can't guard me. I'm the future. Like, that's what you will think that Anthony, if he starts saying, yeah, I'm the best big man in the league. I've been doing this. I've been, you know, killing people. They have nothing on me. It makes people watch and see who he is. But right now he just goes, he just goes under the radar. Yeah, for me, that's a squad even bringing on a guy like Pat Bev to kind of bring that just mentality there, mm -hmm. that they're scrappy, they're hungry, they want to make some noise, they want to do some things. Yeah, yeah first round exit, we get it. Well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. They very well might be matched up with the Grizz or something. Like, you know, I just, the way this thing is going to pan out, 
Oh, that'd be a great watch. That'll be, you know, that's going seven, I feel like. And that'd be a great watch. This is really a chance, and you know, cat aside for Anthony Edwards even, to really now make his name. And I don't think Ant's gonna be phased at all about being in the playoffs. No, I mean, you know, you with him, D-Lo, you got a nice three. You have a nice young three. Like, the, the, that's the type of team, that's the type of threesome that you keep for four, five, six years because they're all so young. You can keep them till they're 30, 31, 32. Yeah. But that won't happen. The league is the league. That's how it goes. That, that, that won't happen. But that's what you, you got three pieces, two guards and a big man. And you just fill up year by year, fill up that roster to complement those three. Because it doesn't look like they clash any. So now let's keep it out west. We got to talk about them even though I really don't want to because it's been depressing as shit. But these Los Angeles Lakers, <laughs> two and eight since the All-Star break, those two wins came behind LeBron James' 50-point performances, Herculanean efforts. I already know who the first person that you're going to blame for this season is, but move that, <laughs> that Caucasian gentleman aside. Who's second most to blame? Another Caucasian? <laughs> second most to blame for this Another part. Caucasian? <laughs> <laughs> Who put it all together? Is it Plinka? Some will say, but some will say LeBron has, has that, that going on. No. We'll have some input. He can't sign them. Okay, this is this is why I But that's what they do. They they so when Palinka was getting, you know, executive of the year award, he was the one making all the decisions. When it didn't work out, well, it's, not, LeBron. it's yeah. actually LeBron. Okay, it's, it's Palinka. The GM, as they say. This is this is why. Okay, when you were trying to get Tyrone Lue, you already told him who his coaching staff was. Your coaching staff, you need Jason Kidd, boom, 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 right? And that's why Tyrone Lue was like, no, I don't want the job, right? So they, Fogel agrees, he wants the job. And this is why I say Palinka, because your head coach does not match your staff does not match your staff. Your staff are offensive creators. They're offensive creators. You have, you have Hanley over there. You have, well, Simons was there. You have, um. Fizdale. You got Fizdale now. You got uh, Penberthy over there. You got John Lucas III. Like, you have, Offensive, your whole staff is offense, scoring, creating. I mean, you probably have the best, you probably have, they probably have the best staff in the NBA when it comes to creating points. But you're the head coach and your motto is defense. So one, they can't help you. (laughs) 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 They can't help you. Two, you ain't listening to the shit they're going to say because you're the head coach. That, that team is a Jason Kidd's team. His head coach, he was a scoring guard. He pushed the tempo. His staff matches him. You, you need Thibodeau and, uh, with you, and you need all them, them defensive guys who want to score 62 points a game and the Detroit Pistons team. You need those guys as your staff to, to really like hone in and 
help you. They can see all the flaws defensively, but you got a whole bunch of guys who who know scoring, understand scoring, teaching scoring. You asking them questions. I'll be sitting over there like, yeah, yeah, that, that's who you putting in? Amazing. Reeves, great job, buddy. Like, like, <laughs> like, 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 because I would have been the first person on that team to say, hold, wait, hold on, coach. I know you have, you want this defensive lineup out there. I get it. I'm a score. I played against lines up like this. With me, I'm going to go at this guy on defense. I get to rest on offense. So now your offense actually sucks because I don't have to guard my guy anymore. I can say, all right, Reeves, hey, you know, you're in that corner. You sit in that corner. And I get to sit here and just play defense on this guy, right? He's, he's guarding Steph Curry. Steph Curry on defense gets to do this. He gets to look and play, and play you know, safety against everybody. And then on offense, he has all this rest. And I get to do all these picks. And, and you know, you, you got Reeves out there shooting one shot every eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, at that point, it's like you, you got people in your lineup that's shooting basically the average of one shot every eight, eight and a half minutes. But they're, they're pointless because the person they're guarding is shooting a shot every minute so that you're not making that offensive player work. So you need to actually, like, an offensive, like, you, your staff is offensively minded. So you're trying to attack offense with offense. I want to get stepped tired. So I want to run plays. Like, if you're running plays for, you know, Reeves like they do in Miami for Duncan, that makes sense. Run, step off a whole bunch of picks, get his ass tired, get these other guards tired. You're guarding Booker. Run Booker off screens. Yeah. Like, you know, when I was in, when I was in, um, when I played for Grizzlies, right, and we had to play against Chris Paul in the playoffs. This is what we did. We said, because, you know, we had uh, Tony Allen. So it's like, all right, Tony, this is what we're going to do. You're going to pick him up full court, get his ass tired. He's going to guard Conley on offense, right? Conley, we're going to set a whole bunch of picks. Before we just throw the ball in to Zebo and Mark, set him, pick him, pick him, pick him, pick him. And then we're going to throw it in. Tony Allen, if he decides to rest and guard you, Slash, and we're going to post him up. There was a plan to just get him tired so in the fourth quarter, he didn't control the ball. That's how you have to look. You have to be able to use the pieces. Like Reeves, if we're, gonna, if we're not running plays for him to come and slash and back pick and do all this, I don't need him on the court. Sitting in the corner, wait till he gets open to shoot a three. That, 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 that is pointless offense to me. There's nothing. I can guard him by the stat sheet. I can look at a stat sheet and say, all right, he played 35 minutes, took six shots, five of them were threes, no free throws. All right, he just sits in the corner or top of the, top of the, he sits, okay, this guy sits in the corner and he only shoots shots when he's wide open. They do not draw any plays from, so I can literally just turn my back on him. You don't, you don't want players out there like that. You're easy to guard. So let's talk a little bit about Russell Westbrook. Uh, he came out in the media recently, said he doesn't even want his family to go to Lakers home games anymore. 
just because of the Westbrook thing and him getting booed and, and things like that. What, what do you think when you hear things like, like that going on within Lakers Nation? That statement and what happening is what's happening to Westbrook is exactly proved my point with Nick fans. Nick fans, I hope you I hope y'all paying attention over here. I hope y'all are paying attention. You don't go from averaging a triple double to playing how you're playing. And he playing like he's playing is 17, 8, and 8. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we're not pretending that he's playing horrible. But it's not the Westbrook that everybody's thinking that they were going to get. But he's still 17, 8, 8. Um, the problem is this. His whole life is what? What is his whole life is an L.A. guy, right? Everything he does is L.A. I've rep L.A. I love L.A. I bleed L.A. To come out in a game and those fans boo you at home. It does, when you get booed at home, it does some, it mentally destroys you. Home is like my family. Home is my brothers and my sisters. Home is your the person who's hyping you out. Even if you're gonna lose, like, like, yo, go eight mile. Right? <laughs> Those friends he kept, that's his home crowd. Yep. Hyping him out. You can do it. We can do it. Imagine if he was getting ready to rap and they start booing him. <laughs> what if he started rapping? Boo, boo. Come on, man. You suck. Yeah. That, de that, deflates, him. that, that deflates him. That's what happened. That's what he's going through. Happened to Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard was the second leading scorer on that team. He couldn't even play. He shouldn't have been playing. Seven, he's averaging 17 and 12. They booing him. I want no part. I want no part of this. You're not booing Steve Nash for not playing well. You're not booing uh, Gasol who's playing horrible right now. You're booing me. I don't want no, I don't want no parts of this. Yeah. This you can see it in his eyes. Like everything he has to second guess. Like he's like. It's, it's, it's the confidence. Like, I, I personally didn't even think Westbrook confidence can get shook. Yeah. That's what, I mean, look, I, I've known wrestling since he was at UCLA, knowing his background, his story, his family. It's been tough for me, especially I deal in the meme space, and it's been like, I just kind of have a respect for Russ where I'll never come at him like that. But Lakers Nation, and it's not like this is a new thing. I mean, you've seen it with KCP, Danny Green, Kuz. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's a lot of up shit. Listen to the names you just said. It ain't no Westbrook. Um, but I'm not putting them on, but I'm just saying from the fan base. But those same fans, when you deliver, you know, KCP was damn near playing at a finals MVP type of level in the bubble. They'll deliver. Some guys respond from that. I think, to your point, Russ being an L.A. guy, yeah. that's what magnifies it. You know, yeah, Russ but, dropping 2020 for Nipsey, the things yeah, he does. Yeah, you know, good that's what I'm he's, he's, he's L.A. He loves this city. So when the city boos him, it's actually personal for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a personal, it's a personal thing. It's like, damn, y'all really hate me this bag, and, and I wear LA to the grave. It's more personal than it is basketball yeah. for, for Westbrook. You know what I mean? Like you can see it in his interviews. Like it's like, like it's it's more hurtful to him. And it's like, damn. Like, damn. I mean, for me, it's like, you know, the Westbrook thing. I don't even think, you know, I'm a LeBron fan. So LeBron's been called every name under the sun. 
but for, for Westbrook to see guys like Magic, guys like Derek Fisher, former Laker greats, slipping that in broadcast. And I know he's on, he looks at social, his wife, whatever. I mean, it's... But that's what I'm saying. It's like, it, you know, I'm playing, I'm wearing the same jersey you wore. Like, it's just more of a, you know, you know, we're, as athletes, we're already sensitive, you know, to the outside world because we're, like, we're praised for our greatness. And when someone nitpicks at us for the shit I'm doing out here, like it kind of really, you know, gets to a player because it's like, yo, I put in hours and hours and hours and hours. Like you can't beat me one on one. That's when that shit comes up. Yeah. You know, you you play me one on one then. You know, that's where that that conversation comes in at. So when, you know, when you got the greats doing this, so like, I ain't I didn't do that shit when you did it. Right? <laughs> you know, one one I was little and I couldn't do it, but then that's when you want to get personal and say some personal shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it backfires against you because you're playing in real time. Exactly. You know, so, you know, it's just one of those things where I don't see, I, I want, I would love, I want him to stay, but I don't know if he stays, I don't know if he stays after this season. Yeah. I and think- then wherever he goes, he's going to have a triple-double. That's the part. <laughs> which, which- <laughs> Up is you, you know, where doesn't necessarily have the best year this year, but wherever he goes, I feel like he's gonna lock back in. He's locked in right now. It's just more, it's more, he's letting the outside world in more than he he did in the past. Yeah, for sure. You gotta remember when you're in the season, it's locked down. Like, like I can tell you how strong mentally Ben Simmons was. 99.9% of media would have voted he wouldn't have went back in that building. That nigga came in scrolling, sandman, sandman. On the floor, on the floor, taking his shot, getting his shots in, doing his pregame, ball coming him, he's out there. Yeah, bring it in. It's it's a little different, though, when you're coming back in with KD and Kyrie. But but that's what I'm saying. It never had nothing to do with the fans. Yeah. This This thing didn't have nothing to do with the fans. That's why he came back. If he was scared, y'all was going to boo him, it was easier for him to sit at home. No one was expecting him to come. And showed up with him, with him like, to, hey, what's out of y'all? I'm here. <laughs> get, him, get him ready. He, he embraced that. Like, you know, usually, you know, you're going to be sitting on the side, like, knowing, knowing everyone's going to boo you. Like, no, I'm not, I don't care about them. They're not my problem. They've never been my problem. Man, it's them two donkeys down there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Them two donkeys down there. <laughs> you know, and that's that that was that that was his approach to that 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 game. So last thing Lakers related, I want to hit you on. LeBron became the first player, 10,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 10,000 assists, broke the record though, or set the record, excuse me, in a 29-point loss to the Suns. After the game, he was, you know, celebrating, doing all types of stuff. Is it is it bad optics for LeBron to be celebrating these personal accomplishments? <laughs> When the team is so trash right now. You remember them Leon but like commercials? <laughs> he got to be Leon. Shit, I wasn't bad. I wasn't terrible today. Them niggas was. Ah! You know, that, that's like, come on. Like, he was he not supposed to? I mean, listen. It would have been unrealistic if he did what he usually would have did. You know, like, hey, you know, you know, these stats are meaningless, you know, and you know, we should have won the game and blah. That, that's unrealistic. Come on. You just did something that no one has ever done. I, I want to see you actually have real feelings. 
right? Who cares what everybody else says, dude? Because they're not going to ever do this shit, who, who cares? Like, I guarantee you, if your sales team had a horrible, horrible sales group and you did your job and they promoted you, you're not going to be like, oh, you know, you know you're going to be, yo, yeah. popping champagne. So, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad he celebrated. I'm glad he kind of celebrated what he did as an individual. This has been another. That's episode. it. You just gonna just. That's the. That's a great uh, out. Right, bam, bam. bam. A, all right. That's a great ending. It's been another no chill with Gilbert <laughs> Arenas. We'll be back with more very soon. <laughs>